Yes, Dev. It's Tuesday. Tuesday, and it's been raining. Of course, last week it was 155. It was. Basically, it was. If you... I, it was, what, 115, Robin? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I think we almost did get that hot. What in Lord, Lord? Uh, no, yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was. It was 115, and now it's raining, and it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm saying to the Lord... <laughs> You know, we live in, what, the grape raisin capital? Yeah. Does it really need to be that hot for those this agriculture? I don't know. The poor bees. <laughs> I know if someone put a bee underneath a, a microscope, there'd be sweat on it. You know, those bees at the front door that go, all they do is do the wings. <laughs> Did you know that, that they each have a job? They do, yeah. Don't you think... Oh, even the bees are like, uh-uh, it's too hot. It's too hot. Maybe that's what, you're right, maybe that's what's happening to the bees. They're like, it's too hot. It's too hot in that area. Yeah. I mean, literally, I know someone died. Well, sure, yeah. In this heat, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But now we're in such loveliness. It is, but I think the 90s are coming back. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Of course, yesterday I was at work, and the boy that works there was like, you better be careful on the way home. It's raining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, and you know, God bless him. I don't mean nothing bad to him, but I'm like, if we lived where it really rained, first rain, whoa, everybody get their sweaters out. It's the perfect example of a Californian. Yeah, it is. That's it. Listen, it's raining outside. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. It's just such a phenomenon. I know. Even on the news. Now, this is the first rain. The, <laughs> the, the roads will ha be a little bit greasy. It'll be just slick. Be, yeah. yeah. Be cautious. What? Which is true. I know, but. But the mayhem that comes with that rain. I know. Like, I don't know. We might need to move the second half of our years. So we could have real seasons. I, you know what? I would love to. I would love to experience seasons. Yeah, that'd be so amazing. Maybe we'll just go somewhere for one year. Okay, and just and then experience. see if we like it. Does the family have to come? No. Okay. I love them, but yeah, but they we can might. Visit. They can visit. Okay. They'll have things to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, a couple things before we get started. Yes. Uh, if anyone has noticed, their podcast feed, wherever you find it, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, uh, it looks a little different. I cleaned it up um, because, you know, I noticed that we were on episode like 300 and something something. Oh. And uh, it just seemed a little daunting. Like yeah. if you were new coming to the podcast and you saw episode 348... Oh. That's a little intimidating. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I want to go through 348. Right. So I took down the, the mini episodes. Okay. And just put the full session in there. Wonderful. Um, and so from, from here on out, um, the full sessions will be up, but the latest session that we're on will be in parts. Okay. When we go into the next one, I'll take the, the mini ones down, put in the full ones. Smart. Okay, sounds good. There's that. Also, I have a question. Yeah. Do you smell onions? In this house? Yes. Nope. Okay. Why? Okay, well, just to set up the scene here, we record in, in my kitchen. Amy sits next to the refrigerator. Now, I made a, a recipe yesterday. I didn't use all the onions. Oh, okay. I put the rest of the chopped onions in a bag, put it in the fridge. Yeah. I was informed last night that there was a vote taken and the remaining onions need to be cooked today because the um, smell is too intense. Too bad. So sorry for them. <laughs> then say you can cook it. I don't mind, but I'm just like, really? Yeah, I don't smell it. Do you? Well, I smell it because I already know the smell. It's yeah. already in my nose. Yeah. 
No, no I don't you smell. You can't smell it when you open the fridge. Well, then they can. It can make them hungry for an onion. <laughs> if anybody in this audience ha- lives with all males, they know. Oh yeah. Can we just say that yeah. they know what we're where we're at? It's a different experience. It really is. Now there is one girl involved, mine, but yeah. she's basically. She's not a normal girl. I mean, she's normal, but she's not drama and all that. Because all the boys. Yeah. So we'll just... Anyway. Oh, they're on my head. There we are. Okay. All right, friend. Would you like to say a prayer? Sure. Okay, here we go. Lord, as we open the Bible today, we pray that you would hear... We would hear your voice. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work opening our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word. May we be transformed into your likeness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Okay, so now we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. Over the summer we had psalms, and now we're getting back into into Solomon. I'm not going to read off everything that we're going over because it's a long list. But yeah. it's essentially 1 Kings 2 through 1 Kings 7. Yeah. Um, so the review, there was a great little paragraph here. And Solomon, my, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. So that was King David speaking to his son. Wow. Um, And we know Solomon was anointed king over Israel and David had died. He was king for 40 years. Kind of leading up to what we're about to go over, when Solomon was anointed king, he eliminated all opposition to the throne. He wanted to ensure that no one would challenge his rule as Absalom and Sheba had done to his father, David. Solomon's ruthless stance against potential challengers to his throne stands in stark contrast to David's practice of trusting God to vindicate him. Okay, so that's all leading up. Yes. Getting into it. First Chronicles 29, verses 23 through 25, uh, Solomon became king, and everyone yep. in Israel pledged their loyalty to him. Yeah. Did you have any notes there, friend? Not on that. No, I did not. Let's see. I do have a little, just a little insert. Sure. Let's see. It says, um, any money or power we leave to our children is far less valuable than the spiritual legacy we pass on. Pass on. In what spiritual inheritance will your children receive? In what specific ways are you passing the legacy on today? Hmm. I liked that a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, anything else for there? That's all I've got. Okay, and then um, the parallel verse, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1. I found it to be essentially the same. How Me about too. You? Same thing. Okay, any I, notes for there? I didn't even have a note. Did you? Yeah, I had that one little note there. Yeah. Well, the book of First Chronicles focuses mainly on David's life. Second Chronicles focuses on the lives of the rest of the kings of Judah, the southern kingdom. Very little is mentioned about Israel, the northern kingdom, because one, Chronicles was written by Judeans who would return from captivity in Babylon, and two, Judah represented David's family from which the Messiah would come. Israel was in a state of constant turmoil, anarchy, and rebellion against God, but Judah, at least, made sporadic efforts to follow God. Moving on to 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 13 through 46. Here Solomon establishes his rule. Yeah. And he made it clear who was in charge. Now we got a lot of people in in this chapter here. Adoniah, who was his older brother, wanted to marry Abishag. That was the young woman who cared for King David towards the end of his life. He visited Bathsheba, who was Solomon's mother, and asked her to put in a good word to Solomon so he would allow his brother to marry Abishag. 
Bathsheba agreed, but Solomon did not take the request lightly. And would you mind reading Psalm chapter 2, verses 22 through 25, please? How can you possibly ask me to give Abishag to Adoniah? King Solomon demanded, you might as well ask me to give him the kingdom. You know that he is my older brother and that he is he has Abiathar the priest and Joab's and Joab, son of Jeruhai, on his side. Then King Solomon made a vow before the Lord. May God strike me and even kill me if Adoniah has not sealed his faith with this request. The Lord has confirmed me and placed me on the throne of my father David. He has established my dynasty as he has promised. So as surely as the Lord lives, Adoniah will die this very day. So King Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, sorry, to execute him, and Adoniah was put to death. You know, when I first read that, I was like, oh, okay, well, he's being respectful. He's talking to the mom and da-da-da. I wasn't even putting it together that there were nefarious yeah. reasons. Yes, yes, yes. But King Solomon, he saw right through it. He sure did. Did you have any notes for that part? This was not a case of thwarted love. Adoniah had more in mind than he than his supposed love for Abishag. Although she was still a virgin, Abishag was considered part of David's harem. Adoniah wanted Abishag because possessing the king's harem was equivalent to claiming the throne. Absalom had done the same thing in his rebellion against David. Solomon well understood what Adoniah was trying to do. Yep. Gosh. I had that all highlighted. Did you? Before you even asked me. Yeah, isn't that funny? Huh. Okay. Now, moving on in that chapter, Solomon wanted Abiathar the priest dead, but spared him because he carried the Ark of the Covenant for King David. Instead, he was relieved of his priestly duties. Joab became scared when he heard of Adonai's death and ran to the sacred tent of the Lord. Now, that was that, that was for protection, right? Yeah. Okay. Solomon then sent his man to kill Joab. Benaiah replaced Joab as the army commander, and Zadok took the place of Abiathar the priest. And then I thought it was interesting that Shemai came back into the story. Yeah. Now, he was the guy who... When David and his men were walking by, like his house, they were, he was pelting him yeah. with rocks. And so Solomon told the man um, he had to live in Jerusalem. He would be killed if he stepped outside the city. And Shammai ended up leaving the city if you, in, a few years later to chase after a couple of runaway slaves. Solomon called for Shammai, reminding him of his disobedience and had him murdered. No nonsense. No, he's not going to be messing around. No, he's taking care of business. Yeah. Any notes for the rest of that chapter? Um, I did. Hold on. Abiathar, the high priest, and Joab, the army commander, were key men in David's kingdom. But when they conspired against Solomon, they were replaced with Zadok and Benaiah. Benaniah. Zadok, a descendant of Aaron, had been a prominent priest during David's reign, and he was also loyal to Solomon after David's death. He was put in charge of the Ark of Covenant. His descendants were in charge of the temple until its destruction. Benaiah was one of David's mighty men and the, cap the captain of David's bodyguard. Okay, anything else? That's it. All right, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. I thought we could read this entire, this, this entire chapter here. Sure. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. 
That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you, and you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom, so God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice, and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has had or ever will have, and I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands, as your father, David, as your father, David, did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a really important section yes. to read because what a way to start the, the, the reign of king. Yeah. He had the right idea, you know, based on God. Yeah. Did you have any notes for that area, for that section? I did. Um, while God does not promise riches to those who follow him, he gives us what we need if we put his kingdom, his interest, and his principles first. Setting your sights on riches will only leave you dissatisfied because even if you get the riches you crave, you will still want something more. But if you put God in his work first, he will satisfy your deepest needs. Then I had one more. Sure. Solomon received a wise and understanding heart from God, but it was up to Solomon to apply that wisdom to all areas of his life. Solomon was obviously wise in governing the nation, but he was foolish in running his household. Wisdom is both the ability to discern what is best and the strength of character to act upon that knowledge the beginning of it was great and and but he started to get his mind i think on the riches mm. but we'll see yeah, yeah yeah we shall see i had a little bit more in the note area we can ask god for the same wisdom notice that solomon asked for understanding to carry out his job he did not ask God to do the job for him. We should not ask God to do for us what he wants to do through us. Instead, we should ask God to give us the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to follow through on it. Yes. I just thought that was really important. Yeah. Just like you're saying for us, our trials, those are gifts because it makes us go to him more. Mm -hmm. And... You think about a trial you've been through and then a dear friend or someone has already been through it and can help you through it. These trials are gifts for us to see who he is. And also, you never know who you're going to encounter and how it may impact them. Yeah. For example, I haven't told you about this yet. Last time I was at Walmart, I'm at Walmart every week. Mm -hmm. Last time I'm at Walmart, I'm walking down like the cracker in the cookie aisle. And the Nabisco lady is there. She just starts yapping away. Oh, yeah. She was the friendliest lady. We talked, I, we talked for at least 15 minutes. No. Yes. That sweet thing just was telling me about her life. And it's, the point of the whole story is... You don't know what someone else gathered from a conversation. Yes. You know, maybe the you know, the Lord was with us in that conversation. What did what did she need to hear? Yeah. 100%. He he worked through you. Mhm. Mm Just like this said, you allowed him to work 
through you. Mm -hmm. You didn't rush. You didn't get out of there. She needed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. And I don't think those, um, ex those not experiences, but those situations come together unless he, he believes you're ready for it. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Like right now, he's not putting you through any situations that you're not ready for. For me, not until we're ready to properly glorify him. Yeah. And there is hard ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there is hard ones. Mm. Yeah. So God bless that Walmart Nabis Nabisco lady. Yeah. She was very sweet. Yeah. Amen. She had stories to tell, but I'm not going to, oh. I'm not going to go on. Yeah. yeah. All right, friend. Anything else for no, there? All right. All we then we had the parallel verse, which was second Chronicles chapter one, verses two through 13. Um, the only difference here was that the second Chronicles doesn't mention Solomon marrying one of the Pharaoh's daughters, but the rest was pretty much the same. Yeah. Is that, what was your take on that? Same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any notes there? I said, or what I got is, um, when we put God first, the wisdom he gives us will enable us to have richly rewarding lives. When we have a purpose for living and learn to be content with what we have, we have greater wealth than we could ever imagine. Um, any other notes, friend, for That's that part? That's all I got. The only other part I had in the notes, Jesus also spoke about priorities. He said that when we put God first, everything we really need will be given to us as well. And then they cited Matthew six thirty three, which says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. This does not guarantee that we will be wealthy and famous like Solomon, but it means that when we put God first, the wisdom he gives will enable us to have richly rewarding lives. Okay, anything else for there? No, I don't have anything for that. Okay, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. Boy, oh boy, this story. Oh. We learn about the two, the two prostitutes where one they live together. One of the baby, you know, passes away. The lady switched with the other lady's baby and claimed it as as her own and so you know the other woman was like wait what no so they went to king solomon and he's like no we're, we'll just chop the one healthy baby in half and you can share them it's like well, what yeah goodness and then the mother said the real mother said no no <laughs> don't let him and he goes that's how i know you're the real mother because you would not want your child to suffer, to be killed. Yes. I just, that was a powerful story. It is. You know, but look, it was taken care of. It was done. That Ten minutes, boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a dragged on. Yeah. You like the efficient stories. I do. <laughs> it's done and over there. Any notes for there? Um... Solomon's settlement of this dispute was a classic example of his wisdom. The wise ruling was verification that God had answered Solomon's prayer and given him an understanding heart. We have God's wisdom available to us as we pray and request it. But, like Solomon, we must put into action, applying, put it into action. Applying wisdom to life demonstrates our understanding. Okay, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. A party was sent from King Hiram of Tyre to congratulate King Solomon on his anointment. In response, Solomon asked if their men could work together in gathering supplies, mostly wood, for the upcoming temple. King Hiram was very pleased, and in return, Solomon sent payment in wheat and olive oil. Anything? Um... Solomon drafted three times the number of workers needed for the temple project and then arranged their schedules so they didn't have to be away from home for long periods of time. This showed his concern for the welfare of his workers and the importance he placed on family life. The strength of a nation is in direct proportion to the strength of its families. Solomon wisely recognized that family should always be a top priority. 
As you structure your own work or arrange the schedules of others, watch for the impact of your plans on families. Boy, that's that's something, huh? Yes, the, it is. The strength of a nation is in direct proportion to the strength of its families. Yeah. Uh, this is my opinion. Yeah. Not you, no one else. But I just feel like the families are trying to be broken down in, in, in the nation right now. I'm there right next to you. I mean, and, and that's so sad. Mm -hmm. The core of, of the human race of what it should be is. It's, yeah. And, you know, if I can just point out, yeah. Solomon is the only one that is caring about the family. If we think about David with his sons, he wasn't really there, and that's why they acted. Remember we read that? That's right. Yes. So at this juncture right here, the family is being very considered. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's a great point. Yes. Yeah, because remember his sons were... Yeah. And um, they said he really didn't have a lot to do with the raising of them. Mm -hmm. And um, so... I just thought I'd point that out, but I agree with you. But that is that's a wonderful point, Amy. Is that Solomon is trying to to put the families together and to strengthen them. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I I'm fifty four or maybe older. I don't know. Fifty-five. <laughs> you don't however know. old I am. <laughs> if someone was divorced or something, it was so rare and like, oh my gosh, their her parents are divorced. Now, if you're married, you have a mother and a father in your home. Mm -hmm. It's the the rarity. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart. Yeah. Not that you should stay in a, you know, abusive marriage or whatever, but it's just heartbreaking how the world is. It really is. It really is. And things are just making it. They're they're. Um, What's the word I'm looking for, Amy? Not compressing. They're compounding. Yes. They're compounding on top of, of families. Yeah. Let's say, let's say a mother, a father, and one or two kids, right? Everything is being compounded. Mm -hmm. Everything's going up in price. So that means probably both parents are going to have to work. Well, who's raising the kids? So everything's getting splintered. Yes. And, you know, we ch tell our children, you are... Or we know it, that our children, whoever their group is or hang out with, is who they're going to be like. Mm -hmm. More than, I mean, hopefully they're God-fearing children. But, you know, a lot of people come to their faith later. It's hard to be a teenager, let alone now. Oh, sure. Or a kid. But we always tell them, you are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. That's what you're, you just look around. So, look at what our government hangs around with mm. and who they are putting into office. Yeah. I just saw a thing they put in someone that's a satanic worshiper. What? Yeah. I'll show it to you. Uh, he's in charge of the monkeypox. <laughs> what? Uh, whatever. Uh, the disease, the monkey. Pox. Yeah, like the head person of control. I don't know, but it's just like no matter if that that office position needed to stay empty for one year, mm -hmm. we should be sure of who we're getting. Yeah, I know that's tough. Different. That's still tough, though. Yeah, it is. Because someone <clears throat> someone may say one thing or another, and then they get in there, and who knows? Yeah, you just you just pray and wow. and. You pray for the country. Yeah. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, friend. All right. That was 5, 1 through 18. Okay, so now we're on to the, the parallel verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. Now here we get a more detailed look at King Hiram's response, where he praised King Solomon and the master craftsman Huram, Huramabi. Mm -hmm. He sent over to assist the Israelites in building the temple. So there we go a little bit more. Yeah. 
Uh, any notes for there? Although Hiram was one of David and David's and Solomon's friendly allies, he was the ruler of a nation that worshipped many different gods. Hiram was happy to send materials for the temple, and both David and Solomon used this occasion to testify about the one true God. Oh. I loved that. Yes. Because that's where, you know, we're put into situations, mm-hmm. just like you just said. Yeah. With the, was no, it? The Nabisco lady? The Nabisco lady. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That's all I had for that. Okay, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Friend, would you mind reading verses 1 through 2, please? Sure. It was in mid-spring in the month of Ziv, during the fourth year of Solomon's reign, that he began to construct the temple of the Lord. This was 480 years after the people of Israel were rescued from their slavery in the land of Egypt. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. It projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple. Solomon also made a narrow recessed window, recessed windows throughout the temple. I read a little further. That's awesome. <laughs> That's okay. Um, now, I looked up it says in the month of Ziv. Yeah. It said it was the second month. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if that necessarily means, like, in our times, February. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I don't... I would assume. But it was the, the second month. Okay, the second month of the year. Um, and it, I, it's hard to believe that it's been 480 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Hmm. Sure is. Okay, so several other temple specs were listed, and you read them off, which was yeah. wonderful. We learned the entry room was like a large porch, and there were narrow recessed windows, which you read about, to help uh, light the center of the temple. In 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7, the stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry, so there was no sound of hammer, axe, or any other iron tool at the building site. Now... Was that, I understand it that it was to be respectful mm-hmm. of, you know, of God and, and this site, but what is it about the, the sound that was going to be disrespectful? Do you know? It just says the people's honor and respect for God extended to every aspect of constructing the house of worship. This detail is recorded not to teach us how to build a church, but to show us the importance of demonstrating care, concern, honor, and respect for God in his sanctuary. Okay. All right. So I think they just, every aspect of showing him honor. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind reading verses 11 through 13, please? Not at all. Let me find it. Then the Lord gave this message to Solomon concerning this temple you are building. If you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father, David. I will live among the Israelites and never abandon my people, Israel. Uh, Any notes for that section? Yes, I do. This verse summarizes the temple's main purpose. God promised that his eternal presence would never leave the temple as long as one condition was met. The Israelites had to obey God's law. Knowing how many laws they had to follow, we may think this condition was difficult. But the Israelites' situation was much like ours today. They were not cut off from God for failing to keep a small part of the law. Forgiveness was amply provided for all their sins no matter how large or small. As you read the history of the kings, you will see that law-breaking was the result, not the cause of of estrangement from God. The kings abandoned God in their hearts first and then failed to keep his laws. When we close our hearts to God, we soon lose his power and presence. All right, anything else for there? No, that's all I have. Alrighty, so let's move on to Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1, which is the parallel verse. It was added, the temple would be built on Mount Moriah, 
where the Lord had appeared to David. We are also provided with more details regarding the interior of the temple. For example, the main room was paneled with cypress wood and overlaid with fine gold. The walls were also decorated with beautiful jewels and carved cherubim. It must have been amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, okay, so 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 14 says, Across the entrance of the most holy place he hung a curtain made of fine linen, decorated with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and embroidered with figures of cherubim. Mm. Just the the care and the, the handmade, everything handmade, intricately placed... Uh, I, I can't imagine. I can't either. Like, I was, after reading this, I was just kind of sitting and, like, trying imagine. to... Imagine. Yeah, just trying to imagine. And it must have been just spectacular. Oh, yeah. Um, anything for that section? I put, uh, well, I have, why was the temple decorated so ornately? Although no one can build a worthy home for God, this temple was going to be the best that humans could do. The care and craftsmanship were acts of worship in themselves. Although a simple chapel is an adequate place to pray and meet God, it it is not wrong to want to make the place a beautiful place of worship. Okay, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 14 through 38. The temple was completed in seven years, and we learn details of what the interior looked like. So we get some more of that. And then, Amy, would you mind reading 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 23 through 24 and 28? Okay. He made two cherubim of wild olive, wild olive wood, each 15 feet tall, and placed them in the inner sanctuary. The wingspan of each of the cherubim was 15 feet, each wing being seven and a half feet long. The two cherubim were identical in shape and size. He overlaid the two cherubim with gold. He decorated all the walls of the inner sanctuary and the main room with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He overlaid the floor in both rooms with gold. Can you imagine? No, that's why I was... I know. Okay, think about this, Amy. Two cherubim. Each of them were 15 feet tall. That's amazing. It's... And this, it's breathtaking. It is breathtaking. This isn't like modern. Oh no, tools. <laughs> like you know, this isn't like everybody's living the high life. Yeah, no, no. And the wingspan, so fifteen feet tall. The wings, the wingspan of each of the cherubim was fifteen feet, and because each one was seven and a half yeah. feet long. Beautiful. Amazing. And then overlaid with gold. Yeah, not only we're going to use the best wood, we're going to slap some gold on that after. Yeah. Gosh. Um, any notes for there? You know, I thought I did, but I, I don't think I have. Oh, the concept of Solomon's temple was more like a palace for God than a place of worship. As a dwelling place for God, it was fitting for it to be ornate and beautiful. It had small inside dimensions because most worshipers would gather outside. So not like modern day churches. Right. The, it was everyone kind of gathered outside. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. King Solomon took 13 years to build a palace for himself, which consisted of several buildings. For example... Uh, palace of the Forest of Lenin, Hall of Pillars, and the Hall of Justice. Each building was constructed with exact measurements and served specific purposes. Mm -hmm. Just everything in, in this time, very specific. Yeah. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Yes. It's like, okay, this is how God wants it to be. This is how we're making it. Yeah. Yeah. Any notes for there? That Solomon took longer to build his palace than to build the temple, seven years as opposed to, or 13 years as opposed to seven, gives us an early glimpse at his weakening value system. Solomon appeared to be just as concerned with building his own wealth and reputation as he was with the glory of God's name. 
Here it comes. Yeah. Boobity boo. It's starting. Yep. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 through 51. The skilled craftsman King Hiram sent over was summoned by Solomon to do all the metal work. And we get a detailed list of what Ahuram crea created for the temple of the Lord. We also learn what furnishings Solomon made for the temple. Um, any notes for there? The sea was an enormous tank designed and used for the priest's ceremonial washings. It stood in the temple court near the altar of burnt offerings. There the priests washed themselves before offering sacrifices and or entering the temple. Now also, I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on the Facebook page, but in our Bible, there's a lovely picture of Solomon's temple. And it just, it shows everything. Like it shows where the cherubim are and the Ark of the Covenant and, you know, like it lays it all out. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. And usually there, and that curtain would go right there. You know in, what we're in talking front of the about? In front of the most holy place? Yeah. Like before the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Because it's only only beautiful. the priest could go back yeah. there. And that was once a year? Once a year. Those heifers went, yeah. And it looks like they have a basement down here, or they have like an upper part. Yeah, three-story. Oh, yeah, right there. Of storerooms. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That'd be, even today, can you imagine? If someone built that to spec? Oh, my goodness. Gosh. We still need to visit the Ark. I know. We will one day. We will. It's in a Carolina. We figured it out. It's one of the Carolinas. Yeah, we'll be there. Okay. Okay, and then to, I'm pretty sure to finish it up, we have Second Chron the parallel verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verses, or verse 15 through 422. Now in here, we, we lose the opening paragraph for, from 1 Kings, which explains who the craftsman was, and it just goes straight into the details. Yeah. Was there anything that you noticed? Um, this is True Chronicles 3. Yes, yeah, 2 Chronicles 3.15 through 4.22. One sec. I just couldn't believe, like, the bronze and just everything. It was just beautiful. Mm. I don't know. And the, I don't know. It just was, I, I have no words. No. I just don't know what to even say, like, looking at it. Yeah, because really, you could just stare at this picture for I know. a long time and just try to figure out, oh, okay, that, yeah. Yeah, but it says doors to the most holy place. Yeah, hmm. it does. Doors to the most holy place. Yeah, I. it was just exquisitely. Any notes for that section? No, I don't have any. Do you? Uh, just the one little note. All these details about the temple demonstrated the care Israel gave to acts of worship. The instructions also served as a manual to the original readers of Second Chronicles. Those who would rebuild a new temple on its original site after Solomon's temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. Well, spoiler alert. That's yeah. coming up. That's all I had, friend. I don't have that note in my Bible. What? What page is it on? 617. 617, and it is the note for 2 Chronicles 422. It's the first one. I made a mistake. I do have a note. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So, um, there is a time to be creative and put forth our own ideas, but when the ideas add to, alter, or contradict any specific directions God has already given to us in the Bible, but it should not do that. For best results in your spiritual life, carefully seek and follow God's instructions. To honor and praise God, we must never let our worship of God be overshadowed by things we use to help us worship Him. And we can't worship the church we go to mm -hmm. because that's where we worship. We need to be worshiping the Lord. Yes. Anything else? The only other thing I, I like... If I could say is, I don't know if anybody else has our Bible, but there's a page here about Solomon's life. Oh. What or, page you know, is that on? Uh, let me, oh, here. 607. Yes. And it just had, you know, uh, his st vital statistics, his strengths, weaknesses. He, So, you know, 
Is there anything you wanted to go over there? I had, um, he sealed a pact with Egypt by marrying Pharaoh's daughter. And I don't know if we've gotten into that yet. No, we did. It was towards the beginning, I think. That's what I thought. And so, you know, and he allowed the wives to take him away to affect his loyalty to God. Mm -hmm. And you always got to be sure who you're marrying. That's for darn sure. Yeah. I just, I just thought that because look at what that did. That one little like, like a, a little seed in your tooth. Yeah. That festers and bleh, you know. Yeah, or like a crack in the windshield. It starts yeah. off as a little bitty thing, but then soon it just goes everywhere. It's a curious move by Solomon because he was God-fearing. He went to God for for I mean almost everything here. Yeah. He asked for wisdom. Sorry, that's okay. the fridge. Yeah. But he married an Egyptian woman, a pharaoh woman. And he thought it would make good with Egypt, but he should have known better. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting that it happened like that. Yeah. You know, and God did choose Solomon. But what we have to remember is Solomon's responsible for that sin. Mm -hmm. Even though, oh, this is how it's supposed to happen, like the the ones who put Jesus on the cross. I just learned that, by the way, at church, that they're still responsible for that sin. Mm -hmm. That's their sin that they did. So he's responsible for doing that because he he didn't, you know, he, he knew better. Right. Yeah. Now, is that part of the um, free will? Free, I think, I don't, I don't know, Robin, to be honest, but when I think about that, I think about um, that we were chosen by God before anything ever happened. Mm -hmm. Could they have repented for their sins? Of course, but I never looked at that like that. I thought, oh, they this was part of God's plan. Surely they're not going to yeah. have to pay for that, but that was their sin. Mm -hmm. Predestined. That's what I'm looking for, predestination. Were they in it? I don't know. We don't know what they, if they repented or what. It's not my place, but I really thought about that for a minute. Yeah. Well, for a while, because I never looked at it that way. Some things we're just not going to be able to grasp until we're there. Yeah. Should our eyes be focused on him and do his work, like it just said, through us? Mm -hmm. If you focus on that's what I'm not here for Amy. I'm here to be his vessel. Mm -hmm. Then I'm not going to want to sin. We will all sin every every day. But am I headed that way? That's what I look. Am I headed you know, yeah, just focus on him and you honestly, I don't think if you you weren't a practicing Christian, you would have had that with the Nabisco lady. <laughs> the Walmart Do you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I agree Just with like you. Just like you said, until you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's how God kind of lines things up. You know, yeah. he'll he'll put people in our path, but only when it's going to glorify him. You know, it, he, he knows. Yeah. Mm, no, this one of these people isn't ready yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've been driving before and seen someone, this happened to me twice, but one time I was driving on Clovis Avenue and I seen a man like, it looked like he was closing his store. Oh. And something told me to turn around and give him one of my, the audible CDs of Karsten's story. Yeah. And we talked for probably 30 minutes. Wow. And he was closing his store, he had lost it and... We prayed and, you know, I'm not saying God talked to me. Oh, I hear God. No, no, no. I'm just saying I feel like the Holy Spirit pushes you sometimes to do something. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely, okay. yes. So just uh, act on those. Yes. Because you'll know. Oh. There's, there's no, like, questioning. Oh, maybe. No, you'll know. You'll know. 
you'll know. You will know. And we know. Mm -hmm. Like when we go somewhere, you feel a fellow sister. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or someone in need. You just, I don't know. Did you have anything else? No, I didn't. Okay, let's no. give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. And you can get um, all of the links and whatnot on the, the website. And on Facebook, we will have listed what we're currently reading, what the next reading is, all right, I'm going to read through what we're going to read next time. It's a doozy, so just hold on. We're going to learn about the completion of the temple and more on Solomon's mm. reign. 1 Kings 8, 1-11, through 11, the parallel 2 Chronicles 5, 1-14. through 14. 1 Kings 8, 12-21, the parallel 2 Chronicles 6, 1-11. through 11. 1 Kings 8, 22-53, and the parallel 2 Chronicles 6, 12-42. 1 Kings 8, 54 through 66, the parallel 2 Chronicles 7, 1 through 10, 1 Kings 9, 1 through 9, and the parallel 2 Chronicles 7, 11 through 22, 1 Kings 9, 10 through 14, 1 Kings 9, 15 through 28, and the parallel 2 Chronicles 8, 1 through 18, 1 Kings 10, 1 through 13, the parallel 2 Chronicles 9, 1 through 12, 1 Kings 10, 14 through 29, the parallel 2 Chronicles 9, 13 through 28, 1 Kings 4, 1 through 19, and finally 1 Kings 4, 20 through 34, the parallel 2 Chronicles 1, 14 through 17. Okay. Now, all of that will be on the Facebook page, so you yes. do not have to memorize that or if no. you missed it. Not at all. Friend? Yes, Jeff. We're off again. We're off again. Now, no one be surprised if next time we're saying we're almost dead with the heat. Oh, it's very possible. It's very possible. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to no. chit-chat about? No, that's it. How about you? I don't know. It's yeah. just a very pleasant, relaxing morning. It really is. You might be, be becoming a morning person. No, I am not. One day you will. You think? When we go over there for one year to the seasons. Oh, okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll borrow a dog, too. Okay. And just maybe take it for some walk. Oh, that'd be fun. But we're just going to borrow it. Because we we're have not enough dogs. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We'll be on the on the hunt to, for a dog rental facility. Yeah, yeah we sure will. <laughs> All uh, right, everyone. Thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you. God bless.